Damn it, Nick. I love being on here with you guys, Nick and Joe. I really appreciate it. Literally too long didn't read. TLDR, you guys are awesome. Well, it's only apropos, Nicholas, that uh, I start off the show with the, with the intro that has just, you know, taking me to a to a new level. You know, it's 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 a wrestling heavy week this week, my friend. Mm. We've got the Royal Rumble and we had Raw XXX, the 30th anniversary last night. D-Generation right. came out last night. They are the inspiration. So without further ado, my friend, see what I did there? Ooh. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, listeners of all ages, the Dorkshire Universe and Geeks Worldwide Radio proudly presents to you the greatest tag team. Wait, nope, check that. Podcasting team in the world. I'm your friendly neighborhood backcracker, Dr. Joe. He's the fry guy, Nick Fryer. Together we are the TLDR Comic Book Club, baby. Nicholas, how you doing? You are way too freaking good at these things, man. My goodness. You got to start doing promotional videos for all the dark share gooners. This is insane. I'm, up. I'm on my second uh, DC here. You know, I'm just fucking flying eye, baby. I'll tell you what we did. The uh, we have that trailer on our uh, on our audio channel. Which, by the way, if you haven't already, go and subscribe to our audio channel. Whether it's Apple, it Stitcher, it Spotify, Geeks Worldwide Radio, SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcast. And if you don't find us on the platform you use, let us know. Hit us up in our DMs or email us wherever. But let us know. Make sure you subscribe there. Leave a five star rating in review, uh, and only positive, only five star ratings, because otherwise you're going to find out the real meaning behind Backcracker. But I, we did the trailer that we still have there. That's from a while back. Maybe we should clean that up or do something new. But we wrote something up because you know we want to keep it short on that one more so than anything. But I swear to God, like you, re- I think I, you read something there. You, sh- I should never have you do that. It's just like do your own thing. Like it's right off the dome. Yeah, it's just got to be 30 seconds or something like that or a short. Yeah, I'm going to keep a thing to 30 seconds. That's that's my wheelhouse. All right. Well, there we go. All right. This is this conversation took a turn. And I'll tell you what, too. Everybody is probably used to seeing us going at six o'clock Eastern time on the live stream. Of course, if you're listening on our audio channels, it doesn't make any difference to you. But we do want to let you guys know that if we're not recording at six o'clock, usually that means we got something cooking. You're going to have to wait a little bit for it, though. But we got something cooking. Very excited about a conversation that Joe and I just got done having. Um, but the only place you can get those are on our audio channel. So make sure you subscribe so that way it gets delivered right to your listening device. Nice and easy. You can listen to that on Wednesday morning on your way into the local comic book shop. But let's get moving into, Joe, we got no news that we need to get to, at least that I know of. Lord knows that always derails us when that happens. Let's get to <laughs> catching up. I was in the middle of catching up on the series that I'm talking about this week, so I don't have anything to add here because I also want to read what's new uh, What's new this weekend. There's a lot of shit out this week, a lot of good shit. What have you, you been catching up on? Uh, so video game. Real quick, don't somebody talk about here catching up on? Oh, but, uh, they re released or they sort of remastered uh, The Witcher 3 uh, for the PS5. Oh, so I started playing that the other day. Fucking excellent. Ugh. Oh, it looks so good. It's so crisp. Uh, started playing it. Oh, and it started kind of coming back because it's been a little while. So that, that's been a lot of fun. I love. I love the Witcher universe. Dude, love I, you know the if books. I that, everything. If I get that, if I get that game, it's going to be a problem. I, I can't. It's going to be a problem. And I've got the complete edition, which has all of the all the other stuff. So it's uh, it's excellent. Um, but comics wise, I caught up on Punisher issue nine. Nice. Fucking excellent. Dude. Oh, best issue yet, man! Holy <laughs> shit! Yeah, it's in a lot uh, too. You know the, the 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 characters that we see, you know, 
throughout and then at the end of that book and sort of the ascension of Frank uh, Castle there is be, be fucking awesome. Batch. Um re, real bad shit. But um also the nightclub by Mark Millar. Mm-hmm. Issues mm-hmm. one and two called dibs. Yep. Had I, to do it. Had uh-huh. to do it. I, I, I bought the first two issues. They'd been sitting on top of my pile. And I said, you know, I'm going to give them a go. And um, absolutely fucking it's it's such a fucking great premise where you, it's 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 vampires. Um, but, you know, the, the it, it's dealing with vampire detectives and, and these kids. And uh, uh, it, it's fucking excellent. So I will definitely unless it takes a weird turn. Uh, I will definitely be talking about this on TLDR some point soon. Well, it's only fitting that, you know, we get to mix it up a little bit and talk about titles that the other guy, you know, from a writer or artist that the other guy really likes a lot. I know the writer that I'm going to be talking about today, there's a book of his that you were thinking about doing on the show. You hadn't given a look and I have called dibs on it and Mm -hmm. we'll be talking about some point down the line. But that's a conversation for another day. Let's get to what's new, Joe. Take us through what came out from Marvel this week. I'm going to try and do this all in one breath. Okay, here we go. The Amazing Spider-Man issue 18, Thor issue 30, Midnight Suns issue 5, Exterminators issue 5, Star Wars Dr. Aphra issue 28, Yoda issue 3, Star Wars High Republic The Plane issue 2, can't do it. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> see, I told you, I do things quick. Uh, Sabretooth <laughs> and the Exiles issue 3, Doctor Strange False Sunrise issue 3, All Out Avengers issue 5, Murder World Wolverine issue 1, and then uh, real quick, before you get to the book, you want to talk about just Star Wars, The High Republic, The Blade. Uh, I've loved these first two issues so far. Uh, but you want to dive into Sins of Sinister issue one. All right. So, look, I got to be careful with this because this does have to do with the book that I'm talking about today. Um, the big thing, and I will probably reiterate this again later, is Kieran Gillen was born to write Mr. Sinister. If nothing else in this world. Like that was this the man's calling. It is remarkable how good he is with this character. And if you've been reading Immortal X-Men, then you already know a lot of the machinations that have been in place. So it makes sense what's going on here. Um, and it's it's out that series was outstanding. I'm gonna that's what I'm talking about on the show today. Sins of Sinister is the start of a uh like a an event within all the X-Men titles. Um, and it's it is absolutely insane. And when we talk about Krakoa in the future of it, man, like you already know, like it's like pushing to the brink and uh, the way this ends to on top of all the craziness craziness that goes on in the course of the story, the way it ends, it's like, holy shit. But for those wondering with this event too, I'm looking at the checklist right now. So it's sins of sinister issue one. And then it's a, there are other different titles. There's, there's not another Mr. Sinister book specifically until the last one of this event. So just make sure you keep that in mind. Make sure you check out the checklist so that way you're reading all of it. It I know that that bothers you, Joe, but the start of this is really promising. And I'll talk and I'll talk about more of it with it, you know, respect, you know, without spoiling things when we get to uh, our um, our main topic for today. But from DC Comics, we have Action Comics 1051, One Bad Day, Catwoman, uh, issue one, which one off, Catwoman 51, The Human Target 11. Harley Quinn, 26. Justice Society of America, 2. Lazarus Planet, We were we Once Were Gods, Issue 1. Tim Drake Robin, Issue 5. Punchline, The Gotham Game, Issue 4. Sergeant Rock vs. the Army of the Dead, Issue 5. Gotham Knights, Gilded City, Issue 4. Blue Beetle, Graduation Day, Issue 3. The Sandman Universe, The Dead Boy Detectives, Issue 2. And then, of course, you are reading Detective Comics, 
1068 is out this week. Whew. Yeah, I've uh, I got halfway through. I mean, I've talked about this before. I love what Rom V and, and Raphael Albuquerque have been doing with this. It's been very operatic in, in mm-hmm. the storytelling, which I think is really suits uh you know Rom V style. So that that's been that's been great. Um from Boom this week. There's a reason why we're skipping image here. We will get to that in a little bit. So from Boom, we have Damn Them All issue four. That's from friend of the show, uh Cy Spurrier. Uh, we have Once Upon a Time mm-hmm. at the End of the World, Issue 3. This is something I've been meaning to get caught up on. Um, so I definitely want to uh, check this out. But there's two books that came out from Boom this week, Nicholas, that we'd like to discuss. Where would you like to start? Uh, I do want to point out that I did read Damn Them All. I've been enjoying that series. Um, that is one I have called Dibs On. How about you go off on Behold Behemoth? Because that's one I haven't been reading. Okay. So this... This is an excellent series. I knew it. Like I, it's it's funny when when we read the first issue of a book and we just know, right? Uh, Radiant Black, for example, we just just knew, right? There's other books where we read them and they kind of grow on us. We go, yeah, we're going to talk about them on the show. Like, Behold, Behemoth is such a great premise uh, where you've got sort of this this weird master and apprentice relationship, but it isn't, it's really, it's, it's, it's about a, a story of, you know, where you, there's, there's always, there's always a pairing, but one has sort of got these powers from hell and one has them from heaven and they have to be paired together to sort of keep each other checks and balances. And with this comic, one of those characters is a little girl and shit gets fucked up and shit gets evil um and it's just it's it's great sort of apocalyptic you know monsters you know trying to take over and everything about it is fantastic there's great suspense there's uh this issue in particular you know gave us you know a lot of uh backstory so the first two issues sort of happened and you're going whoa this is fucking awesome but i still don't really know what's going on uh which was great because in this issue sort of gives you everything that you know the answers to the questions you were asking from issues one and two and then sets up where it's going to go so this has been an excellent series so far a hundred percent first arc ends talking about it as soon as we have the you know mainline issue comes about that allows allows me to do Mm -hmm. it it's it's just again i love when this happens you grab a book on a whim i mean generally we, we're not grabbing boom AWA or image books on a whim, mm-hmm. right? They're putting out a new book. We're fucking reading it. And we know that, you know, there's a certain level of expectation that comes and generally, you know, more times than not Nicholas, we're going to be talking about one of those books at some point on this show, but yeah, I love it. Like, you don't know, like you don't always know behold behemoth. Like we didn't mm-hmm. get, yeah. you, you know, Yes, you read it. This is fucking awesome. I'm all in. Love yeah. when that happens. There's another one that you're reading too that I, I heard an interview on, and I was like, ah, I texted you, but it was Mosley, and I was like, oh yeah, you know, I was like, De- Joe, definitely call this because the creator, like the writer of the series, like you read Farmhand too. Um, but you know, it's funny you say, oh, I'm going to talk about this as soon as the first arc's done, and you have an opportunity. I mean, between the interviews that we do and looking at the growing Excel sheet that you and I have for just yeah. keeping track of our books, it's just like. Yes. Yeah. Okay. It'll be the like right when it's done. Sure, Joe. Sure. Okay. Which is great, and I, and I and and I sneaky kind of love that that's happened because yeah. there was a point in time, like especially the first year we were doing this, like, oh shit, what am I going to talk about? You know, like, oh, we gonna is this how you know how long are we will do a show? Are we gonna be able, to, but no, it just 
the way things have worked out, we, we are no, we are not going to be for a lack of content no. for mainline issues for, for some time. The important lesson for that from everybody is if you're trying to do a lot and you know you're doing a lot, but it feels like you don't have answers to what you're trying to do, just write it down. Write things down. It makes it so much easier because it's like yeah. Joe and I have always had plenty to talk about, but it's always like, wait a minute, what, 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 like, what, I don't know where to go. And then it's like one random day when you don't need an extra book. It's like, oh, yeah, I have like these three I need to talk about. And once you write them down, it makes life a lot friggin' easier. Sure um, does. Now, a book that I've also really enjoyed a lot and you have caught up on with me too that I wanted to touch on really quickly is Mighty Morphin Power Rangers TMNT Volume 2, Issue 2 is out this week. A lot of fun action. Um, the big thing for me coming out of this is the end of it. Yes. You just, there's obviously we're not going to spoil it, but like it, you have no way of seeing it coming. Even us telling you, you're not going to expect the ending. Like last, the first issue was definitely like a, holy shit. This was like a, Oh fuck. And I got my head going in five different directions. And the, well, the first thing is too did not see that coming at all. Well, there was some breadcrumbs and, but Maybe. you're not, th- you're not thinking about it. Like you are and you aren't like, because it... sure i get what you mean yes like but yeah. still like the timing like the, there's enough else going on you're like now nah, like I would, yeah like... And, and the visual of it too mm. right. oh my god that's it, a cover was, yeah it was it was fucking awesome so i, I mean I, I read the first volume of this and an hour absolutely loved it so i could i could start reading this and now i hate that i can't binge this i've got to wait yeah know, month to month <laughs> you know uh, but it's it's excellent, man. It's just it's good. It's good turtle ranger fun. You know? Yeah, it sure is. And I'll tell you what, too. Uh, the the cover, too. Speaking of like the the the, the final page could absolutely be a cover. This the the, co- the main cover for this Dan Moore. I mean, I don't need to say much, but like this, I love this cover, and it's pretty simple too. It's just the turtles and the rangers, but he just does such a good job with all of them. Um, so really, really uh, enjoying this series. And this is one too for like you know if you're trying to get a younger reader interested in these characters interested in comics i i think you're on the same page with me joe right like get them that first volume and then start getting them on these single issues no 100 this because there's nothing in here that's gratuitous or overly violent or anything yep. like that like this is good for that for the young um adult reader and this is absolutely a tldr worthy book the only reason that i haven't done it on i never did it on the show was just because it's kind of more like just hey fun hanging out like you know good popcorn thing and it's more about like the different things that happen with the Rangers and the turtles and other characters throughout the course of it. It's not like one said it many a time um, but for those new, it's just one we can't dig into in the same way we do. This is a great book to, to, to recommend come holiday season, you know, the trades out and and stuff like that. A hundred percent. Another book that I believe you've recommended around holiday season, if I'm not mistaken, is year zero. We got the fourth issue of volume zero. Of course, this is the actual third volume of this title. Uh, Your thoughts. So I uh, I messaged uh, Rich Keefe of the Rich Keefe Show and of the Dork Podcast. Mm. Uh, like, you got to read this because they've been recapping um, The Last of Us. And so to bring video mm. games back into this for a second, like The Last of Us um, is a brilliant game. And the first two episodes on HBO Max have been perfect television. Suspense, oh. everything. I mean, it's been perfect it is so good. it is wildly um you know true to the game while the changes they have made i think have only really enhanced it and have, have made sense so this is it, it's been so good and so what 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 the show has been doing is sort of like their their cold open has been giving you sort of like a 
borderline science lessons slash flashback origin type to how you know the cordyceps you know mm -hmm. fungi sort of taking over everything and it's just made me think a lot about this recent volume of year zero uh from awa studios written by um daniel kraus in mm. that like when percy was writing volumes one and volumes two it was great because it's focused on you know you know, four or five characters and you're sort of getting the story of, you know, their experiences all sort of woven together. Um, and you get a little bit of origin of how, you know, the zombie apocalypse is happening, you know, within that story with year zero, right. This really is a prequel to all that. And it sort of reminded me of sort of like those cold opens we've gotten from the last of us so far, where you're starting to see how, you know, this thing has really started to spread from these different regions. You've got, you know, uh, you know, Russia and, you know, the demilitarized zone, you know, between North and South Korea. Uh, you've got a, a, an airplane stewardess is sort of traveling all over the world and you, you've got a nurse, uh, you know, from Alabama. So, right, you're just seeing it from all these different regions and you're seeing the, the beginnings of that outbreak. It's It's been, I think, I, I again, I tweeted this out, you know, last week or whatever, but like Daniel Krause is doing every bit of good a job as, you know, Benjamin Percy has. Like mm. it hasn't skipped a beat. It, it's it's so fucking good. And so if you love, you know, zombie stories, um, you love different types of zombie stories, you, you know, this is a book, you know, this is a series that any Zed head, you know, should be reading, mm -hmm. period, right? Like you, you, you you want to read like you don't have to wait for this to come out before you read your you know um year zero volume right. one volume two right uh you can read those first and then when this comes out you can read it but like i think the fun part will be to read this and then reread those other two again sort of get this nice mm -hmm. linear story it's just it's been an excellent series daniel kraus is is doing and he is a you an excellent job uh, taking over that, and I don't know if it's he's taking over it completely, or if this will be the last arc, and then all three volumes will tell the complete story, or, or what AWA's plans are. I mean, I hope there's more, um, and I hope Daniel Kraus is involved, and I don't know if Percy's going to get involved again either. Whatever the case may be, excellent, excellent storytelling, and uh, just just watching The Last of Us, like there's a lot of parallels, you know, between the two, and I just it's it's excellent. It's it uh, and the, of course this is a series that you talked about on the show a while back when uh, we first had Absalon. He talked to us about actually having Benjamin Percy on. Of course, now friend of the show who's been kicking ass with AWA and with Ghost Rider. Joe just picked up a uh, Ghost Rider uh, Lego, which is real looks real cool. I'm not a Lego guy. Yeah, that's a, that yeah, was a nice pickup. Pretty dope. Um, My problem with Volume Zero is that Daniel Cross wrote, and he's not a friend of the show. I think we need to. Um, I think we need to, uh, you know, amend the situation. We need to do something about that. What do you think? Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have to, uh, you know, talk to our little birdies hmm. and uh, see if we can make that happen. Because I, I, I would, I, you know, he and and he's writing Trojan too, right for AWA. That's right. Yep. Right. And I gotta talk to him about autumnal. Oh. Because that book is just fucking. You want to talk about a fucking perfect comic book? That is right up there, right? Mm -hmm. So this guy is absolutely killing it, and I'm glad that AWA is 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 snagged him up and, mm -hmm. and doing a bunch of different things with him. Just that like, is that is not in the hopper yet, but we need to uh, we need to get on that at some point. Then we got Dark Horse Joe, uh, Dr Dr uh, 
What's this? Dragon Age? Is, it, is that a typo from you? Hey, it is supposed to be Dragon Age. Dragon Age. Okay, I couldn't figure out that one. Dragon Age, the missing uh, issue one. Now, this, that is a video game, right? That is a video game that I enjoy very much. So I will, okay. I will be checking out this first issue. But you don't enjoy it as much as The Witcher, right? Oh, man. <laughs> I am, yeah, six to midnight with The Witcher, baby. Well, we got The Ballad of the Two Wolves issue two out this week. This is written, of course, by Bartos Sizemore, who's been writing The Witcher for a little while now. The artist on this series is Mickey Montlo, and uh, it's art, color, and the main cover. And I love Mickey's style for, for Geralt. Totally yeah. fits the character, fits the world perfectly. Got a bit of an edge to it, uh, but still like fits within all of like the high fantasy and everything. And we really enjoyed the first issue. The second issue, awesome stuff too. The ending is a jaw dropper for me. On top of the art being really cool because like Mickey really like pushes it with the werewolf and some stuff. Stuff like where we're thinking about what's maybe going on in the stories that are being told to Geralt. But I think Bartos like his command for. Geralt, I think, is just so impressive because he totally gets like where we love Henry Cavill and what he's done with the character. I feel like Bartos's writing is on the same like same level as what we're getting on the show. Totally fits the character. Totally understands him well. And um, in the in the beats of the show, this this sorry the comic have been great too. Yeah, what I love about this is that his Geralt feels very much like the video game Geralt and feels very much like the um you know the the book version of Geralt especially listening to those books on audio tape uh has given me a, a better sense of sort of what my Geralt's and and how I you know picture and hear Geralt you know to sound you know sound like and and look like and just sort of his feel but what I love about this book especially this issue is fucking dandelion Mm. He was fucking great, man. Yeah. Just sort of like singing his his uh, his ballads, and you know, uh, and then you just have you know Garrick going, "Well, no, that wouldn't actually happen, or that's already been proven to be false." And because he's just trying to you know do his thing, write a cool ballad, and have it sound cool. And, go, oh, no. and there was one one panel where it looked like you know he was using his little lute like fucking Hendrix on an electric guitar yeah. and he was like shirtless yeah. there just jamming out on the loop. Yeah, the that was amazing. Badass. It was so, it was like, it's so unnecessary, but it fits the tone and, and this particular story uh, very well. I, I am loving everything, but the art, you're right, is fantastic. It was vicious at the end. Uh, yeah. Really looking forward to seeing how this thing, you know, sort of comes together. I'll tell you what, uh, you bring up the, the dandelion with the uh, with the flute. I mean, the lute, excuse me. That is, that, I need to know how that idea came to be. Um, you know, and again, like really enjoy Bartos' work. Someone who's not yet a friend of the show, we may need to, to take care of that situation as well. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah, awesome, awesome stuff from Dark Horse. Uh, Joe, I'm going to roll through some of these other ones before we finish off with uh, Image. We have uh, from IDW, TMNT, The Last Ronin, The Lost Years, Issue 1. Joe and I did not get the review copy for this, so we can't weigh in on it, but we're very excited to talk about it, excited to give this a look. TMNT, Saturday Morning Adventures, Issue 4, which is on Swaggin's pull. As I say Issue 1, I'm going to say Issue 4. Dead Seas, Issue 2. Star Trek Strange New Worlds Lyrian Enigma issue two. I think I got that right. From Valiant, we got the third issue of Book of Shadows from front of the show, Colin Bunn. From Dynamite, we got a big week here. Gargoyles issue two. I actually managed to track down a first issue of that. Uh, Darkwing Duck issue one. 
007 issue six, Sirens Gate issue three, huge week for Dynamite, Cherish issue three, which I believe is written by a friend of the show, Katana Collins, Green Hornet One Night in Bangkok issue one, the Cliff uh, Kingsbury story. <laughs> Jeez, oh my god, oh my, who does well, that? I need, I need to de-stress. I'm going to buy a one-way ticket to Bangkok. Okay, yeah. pal. Know what you're up to. Why don't you make it less obvious next time, huh? Jeez, yeah. Jesus. The Ninjets <laughs> issue five. <laughs> Lord of the Jungle issue three. Vampirella Strikes issue nine. And then from Source Point Press, Nightwalkers issue one. Good Boy, Prodigal Son issue three. Mysterium issue three. Zombicide day one issue one. And then the Argus issue four. Yeah, so this takes us to Image, mm. uh, which, surprise, Ooh. surprise, I'm talking about an Image book. Mm. Uh, but Saga makes its return with Saga issue 61. We have Monstrous issue 42. The Scorched issue 14. Excellent issue, by the way. Uh, Junkyard Joe issue 4. Uh, Hitomi issue 4. Lovesick issue 4. Hell to Pay issue 3. Plush issue 3. The Magic Order 4, Issue 1. I'm assuming you're going to be reading that one, Nicholas. Yep. Um, we have American Jesus Revelation, Issue 3. Uh, Voyages, Issue 3. And then two books we want to discuss real quickly before uh, we dive into, into things here. Um, I'll start with uh, Infernal Girl Red. Um, Nicholas, this, this was an excellent book. Um, this, so... Infernal Girl Red was teased uh, way back when uh, Radiant Black dropped. So this was like two years ago, and I believe mm-hmm. this kick this started off as a Kickstarter yep. uh, campaign. Got crowdsourced. It, it was funny because I remember I almost pledged uh, to get this book, and I can't remember. I think I chose something else instead, and and, and whatever. I've, I've kind of given up on the whole Kickstarter thing. It's just sure. been a pain in the ass. But anyways. Uh, I go, oh, this is neat. Like Radiant Black, I'm loving it. It's new. It's, you know, maybe only been a couple issues out, you know. Um, and I go, oh, I wonder how these things are going to work. And then it just sort of fell off the map because I didn't find it on Kickstarter. Uh, and then we get super massive. We see the character briefly. And now here we are with issue one, uh, a double sized issue being released uh, this week. And I believe it's only going to be three issues long. Um, and I'm wondering if each issue is going to be oversized, almost like two issues in one, mm. which would have made it a traditional six issue arc. But anyways, mm. um, this because it was written when Radiant Black was being written and, and conceived. It's got out of all the massive verse books, uh, bo- books is Jesus hmm. books that we've gotten so far. This one feels it has more of that Radiant Black feel to it. You know, the origin mm. story of it, the character of it, how the character gets their powers. Um, excellent, excellent, excellent. The massive verse has given us some really great female kick-ass characters. We get yeah. another one here, um, but we get we get some really cool powers. The art is absolutely fantastic. Some some great scenes. So, you know, if you you're going out to the comic book shop and you see this, grab it again. What makes the massive verse so great is that you don't need to have read any of the other titles. You can read them on their own, mm-hmm. and they're great. And then if you're listening to us or you see a, you know, see an ad for any one of the other massive books, massive verse books at the end. Oh, that looks interesting. I've read this. So let me give it a shot. Right. Mm-hmm. If you haven't been on the massive verse, do it. You know, uh, Rogue Sun, uh, we got Radiant uh, Red, Radiant Pink, Radiant Black. Right. 
and now Infernal Girl Red. So many great stories to tell. This was an yeah. excellent first issue, Nicholas. Um, you got you got to get on it. That's awesome to hear. Yeah, this one I did I didn't get a chance to look at it in its entirety just because of time and obviously this one being a little bigger. If it was a normal size issue, I would have already uh, had it done. I will say that, but I'm very excited for this. Um, yeah, Masterverse. I mean, Joe talked about Radiant Black on this show quite a while back. Since then, we have not had an episode devoted to the Rogue Son, the Dead Lucky, uh, you know, Radiant Red. Other than, of course, our Friarsight chats that we've had, which have been great. But with the way the things are going with the Masterverse, we're not calling dibs on these books. So those are absolutely TLDR-worthy books for anybody who's wondering. We've been enjoying them. Rogue Son was one of my favorite comics from last year's one, both both for both of us. Um, it was, I mean, and of course, the Dead Lucky was a great new new introduction. Radiant Black is things are starting to get really tense over there. Um, another book that we want to touch on actually speaking of our annual, which we recommend everybody go back and listen to. We had a fun time putting that together. Uh, if I remember correctly, Joe, our best, it was our best ongoing book. If I'm not mistaken, right. The new sure was, yep. Sure Philadelphia 27 is out this week. And right now we are in the thick of a big ass fight. It's the start of a war and Holy shit. It was actually right in the middle of the war. It seems like no one is safe. And we're seeing that and people are freaking dropping like flies and I'll tell you what, man, I said it before. I was I was on it from the jump, and I'm sure I wasn't the only one. But Toussaint is a fucking awesome character. The best addition to the Philadelphia universe, period. I, I've absolutely loved what that guy has brought to the table and everybody around him. He is so cool, and he's, he's fucking wreaking havoc. And I'll tell you what, this issue... I was it's and what's amazing about how Rodney is writing the the this this the issues too is he's taking these deep dives with characters and it's just and, and going into their history and different things about them and still like pushing the story forward every single step and then you've got stuff with the Nazi I feel like each issue there's stuff with the Nazi going uh, uh, you know on elsewhere um you know, related to the war, but still, like he's he's kind of off doing his own thing. But actually, there's a, there's a specific image with a Nazi. You know, it, it's mm. that's like whoa, like you talk about something that could be cover. That was that that was absolutely one. Um, again, we we avoid we avoid you know spoilers when we're doing these these talks here. But man, if you haven't been reading Philadelphia, I don't know what you're waiting for. But this this arc is outstanding, and last arc was my like was my favorite arc of the title by what. It was like I don't think it is anymore because this arc is absolutely freaking outstanding. Um, Rodney Barnes has absolutely leveled up. Of course, uh, Jason Sean Alexander is his co-creator on this series. He's doing inks and backgrounds right now, and the uh, the line artist, or I should say, the the penciler is Herman Aromasoup. Ar I apologize if I'm getting if I'm pronouncing it wrong, Herman. But man, just awesome, awesome work from this team. Yeah, Rodney's not holding back. None of them are holding <laughs> back, right? We are we are in the thick of the shit right now, and it is absolutely excellent. The imagery, everything we're getting, and this wasn't even really a, a like an action packed episode or issue, I should say. Mm. Right? We we got some some great narration that yeah. I thought was really uh, powerful, was really good and powerful. But then the action that we took, you like, oh. <laughs> Yeah. Well, strap in and strap on, baby. This ride ain't over yet, you know. Mm -hmm. Right, Splash Mountain might be dead, right? But this <laughs> ride ain't. This ride, <laughs> this ride is fucking cooking, baby. Yep. And uh, it is, it is absolutely excellent. I mean, I mean, everything about it is, uh, it, it is so good. So I, I love that because now, uh, you know, when I go to read issue twenty-eight, it's like, 
well, who's going to bite the dust this issue? What's going to happen here? Mm-hmm. You know? So now like there, there's something there and it's, yeah. it's excellent. It's, and it's like the way that he's done it is just, again, with that, like if you've read the first two issues, you, 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 you know what I'm, of, of, of the, I'm sorry, the two most recent issues, you know what I'm talking about. It's just, it's, it's a unique style, um, a unique approach, I should say. And without getting into spoilers, we're going to have Rodney on at some point down landing again, I'm sure. Maybe we'll get we'll sneak on one of his co-creators on this. Um, but it's just, it's very interesting. I would love to, to learn more about how he went about uh, deciding on that or what it came from. And, and know what I love, too, is that Rodney still hasn't lost himself in terms of, like, the emotional impacts you know, the father son relationships. Sure. That's right. Still there. And, yep. and so we still have like, again, back to back. I mean, we, we, we have all this craziness going on, but you still have, you know, uh, you know, Jimmy Sangster and, and still dealing with, you know, with, yep. with family stuff. And, and he, now he's trying to figure out who he, it's just, it's so good. Like the, the bits that, that make some of that made some of these characters who we, who they are, um, he, he hasn't lost that. This hasn't just become an all-out, you know, war book. There's still right. some of that humanity in there. Uh, oh yeah, which is great. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely awesome stuff. Um, let's get to the book that you have planned, which is an image book, one that I've been waiting to hear about for quite some time. So again, I'm sorry, uh, West of Sundown. You're gonna have to wait. Uh, an, a, another mainline issue because I I didn't realize that the, the Royal Rumble, uh, you know, if you're listening to us, you know, either watching us live or listening to us when this drops is is this week. I thought it was another week away, so I was thinking, what better time to talk another wrestling book on the show than the week leading up to you know uh, I think my one of my if not my favorite you know WWE pay per view events uh, huh. of the year, which is the Rumble. So I am reading Do a Power Bomb from Image Comics. And if you if you've been listening to the show, you've heard me talk about this book, and you know how much I hate this fucking name. Yep. But I've come to a realization, Nick, right? Like, and as much as I think like, you know, I would have chosen a better name, mm. um, it fits. It's actually huh. kind of perfect. Wow. Uh, for for the book and and just because of the the wackiness the craziness the the over the top uh no pun intended you know uh huh. aspect of the book uh but it's written and drawn by daniel warren johnson uh with colors by mike spicer and uh, the letter is russ wooten uh synopsis uh lona steel rose which is a great fucking wrestling name by the way yeah lona steel rose uh who wants to be a pro wrestler but lives in the shadow of her mother's success before her but everything changes when a wrestling obsessed obsessed necromancer asks lona to join the grandest and most dangerous pro wrestling tournament of all time and this is a perfect synopsis because it gives you uh, just enough without really like a lot of these times the spoilers give away half the book, right? They give away too much mm-hmm. and this doesn't, it's perfect. And so do a power bomb is a classic case of, of, of don't judge a book by its title. I mean, <laughs> this is <clears throat> when we, we first started doing the show, Nicholas, right? Like we did it because we want to talk about books that people may have overlooked a title of a book. You might've put back on the rack because it just didn't, the title of it didn't appease, you know, or, or you know, sound appealing to you, or didn't sound right, or maybe the 
the cover art didn't look good, or maybe the cover art looked awesome, but then you flipped it open, the interiors weren't great, whatever. Whatever the reason that you put the book back, you know, those are the books that people might gloss over, but end up being really fucking awesome, right? So this is a book that had it not been by Image, AWA, or Boom, right, I probably mm. wouldn't have read. Because I'm like, that mm. fucking sounds stupid. It sounds like a kid's book, right? Mm. Um, but I read it anyways. And I loved the first issue so much because this is like the Daniel Warren Johnson's art is offbeat and it's and it's um, it's a little wacky, but it's so perfect for this setting for this for this book. And I love it uh, because what what he does, you know, what he does here is very similar to what Alex Cormack. Uh, did with Crimson Cage. Mm. They know how to draw wrestling. They understand the ins and outs of wrestling. So the moves, you know, in the ring look, you know, authentic. The action scenes, you know, they're 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 moves pulled from professional wrestling, right? So you you you, you buy that aspect of it right away. Because if that wasn't right, then it's hard to keep reading, especially if you're a wrestling fan, because you're like, oh, well, that's not how that's done. That doesn't look right. That seems silly. So, like, I think much like Crimson Cage, with both the writing and the art, you're nailing what you needed to nail to pull someone in on a wrestling book. Daniel Warren Johnson, you know, you know, does here with do a power bomb. And so right. um the storytelling, what I didn't expect was something wildly emotional. And while I enjoyed the first issue very much, it wasn't until I think the second or the third, I think probably towards the end of the second issue, I go, oh, yes, this is definitely a TLDR book because there's there's great storytelling. That's what makes pro wrestling great when it's great is it's the storytelling. Yes, we love you know the in-ring theatrics, you know, the flippy doos and, and and all the kick-ass moves and stuff like that. But it really at its heart, it's a soap opera. We love the storytelling. And so the pacing of this book was perfect. The action sequences when you got them were great. But what but what this book is really about is it's about a daughter losing her mother and trying to live and escape her shadow but also honoring her legacy by becoming a professional wrestler um, and, you know, dealing with the tragedy um, and then, and then with the hopes of getting her back. Mm. Right. So it's, it's not a spoiler. This happens in the first issue. I, I yeah. always feel very free to talk about what happens in the first issue hmm. is you got a young girl. Uh, she's in the stands at an indie Right, what feels like a 1980s independent wrestling show that would have happened somewhere in the southern territories, and she's in the stands with her uncle and her mother. Right, is this just think of like she's the best of the best at what she does, and she's in an intergender wrestling match fighting Cobra's son, who is this big hulking brute of a brute of a guy in a mask, and they're having an absolute banger of a match. But it sometimes happens, an accident happens, and the mother dies. Damn. And so then we flash forward and the girl, you see her, she's working the high school gyms, trying to make a name for herself. She just doesn't quite have what it takes. You know, her mom's legacy is something that she probably won't ever live up to. It's a hard thing to live up to. She's got her dad telling her just, you know, you're going to get hurt. I don't want to see what happened. To you happened to your mom. It's just, you know, so like there's a lot of like really good elements here for, for storytelling and mm -hmm. the way the first issue ends which is wild is that this girl is leaving, you know, 
the gym and she gets approached by this punk looking hair spike chain wearing weirdo who says i'm looking for wrestlers come with me and he's sort of like this interdimensional wrestling promoter hmm. and that's sort of how the first issue ends and 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 where the story goes it's basically he makes her an offer you know um you know you can get your mother back but you have to win this tournament and it's a tag team tournament and he yeah. and, and and the person that he tags her up with it's absolutely wild and that was the moment i go yes i'm in that is such good really? storytelling. That was the moment. Okay. I go, that, that is such good storytelling. I mean, the premise of like this idea of bringing your mother back, that, that was good, but it was like that, that little twist. Um, I go, that's it. This is perfect. This is like, this is like everything you love about like, like wrestling storytelling and just storytelling in general. Hmm. And then like each, you know, issues two, three, four, five, right. Right. So is, you know, revolved around, you know, her, learning how to become a better wrestler going up against these teams, making their way through this tournament, you know, you know, fighting against insurmountable odds against other tag teams who all have been promised like the same thing. Like essentially you win, you get one wish and all these, and you learn about their opponents and like, well, you kind of want to root for them too because they're fighting for something that they've lost or something that they sure. want to get back. Or some of these guys are just real nasty fucking animals hmm. and you want to see them, you know, get bludgeoned, right? And so, again, like, the, the level of storytelling is great and the art, while it's not, like, the typical art style. I, I've read some other, uh, you know, in, in books where, you know, Daniel Warren Johnson's been the artist. And I enjoy his art style very much. I get how it might not be for everyone, but that's mm. art. It's objective. But, like, it sure. fits this post-apocalyptic sort of punk interdimensional wrestling. Co- perfect, right? And if you're a fan of wrestling, you'll really love it because, again, Daniel Warren Johnson, he knows the ins and outs of professional wrestling, it seems, whether it's the in-ring stuff or it's the um, out-of-the-ring stuff where it's, you know, dealing with, like, showing you the peek behind the curtain of what, you know, a professional wrestler is like when the lights are off or whether it's you know the promo work or whatever and then how it ends and how it all comes together um it's just there's suspense in every every issue because it's that will they won't they how are they going to pull off the odds or you know what's going to happen in the, until you finally get the ending and so absolutely absolutely tremendous book um your characters real quick um lona steel rose you know uh-huh. um she's a teenage girl she's obsessed with re- wrestling her mom was u.s steel rose she was the top woman right and and then just sort of you know her tragic story you've got cobra son who's sort of the top heel he was the wrestler that had killed her mother so the hatred for him uh, you know, you get that a lot, you know, throughout the story. Um, and then you have Willard Necrotron, uh, who is this, who's the necromancer. He was sort of like, okay. you get his backstory. He was a, a one-time warlord who was not very good at being a warlord. He gets banished to this place. He gets bored. He loves wrestling. So he comes up with this tournament, right? So like, again, it's offbeat. There's There's some levity in here, but there's also some really heavy emotional stuff. And it's just, it's just so good. So like, if you're, you know, I wouldn't say there's like horror bits like there was with the Crimson Cage because that was a retelling, you know, of mm-hmm. of Macbeth. 
So, but this is just, you know, an oftentimes violent, but great wrestling comic, great wrestling story um, that I think wrestler wrestling fans and non-wrestling fans can enjoy. Um, I think the wrestling fan will really enjoy it. But like, I think if you were to read this Nicholas too, you'd be like, that's really good storytelling. Hmm. I can't okay. believe, wow, that makes so much sense why they did this. And then when you get to the end, you're like, what the fuck? And then mm. it's just, it was it was just so good. So I'm going to put you a little bit on the spot here. Now, we obviously, we talked, you talked about Crimson Cage on here. We've had John Lee's on the show. We love his work. Uh, there's more sync stuff coming later in the year. Holy shit. Uh, that's, a, that's a conversation for another day. But Crimson Cage, kick ass. I read that. Uh, I have obviously have not read Do a Powerbomb just yet, but I will. I do plan on reading it. I'm curious when you look at when you consider the wrestling fan who doesn't read comics, and then you look over to someone like me who reads comics but isn't a wrestling fan. It like I, I understand that that both can like both types of like people can enjoy both of these books, but which one are you recommending first to the wrestling fan, and which one are you recommending first to someone like me? Oh, see, see, that's tough because they're both very similar in the way, again, like I described, like as, you know, in terms of like, there's, they're both very similar in the fact that they're both sort of in that indie wrestling scene, you know, uh, I think, I think Macbeth for the most part is a more like, that is something that more people are familiar with. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is, it's hard because I could really rec. I, I really would feel confident recommending any anyone. It's not like I say, oh, this mm-hmm. one has a slight edge here, this one has a slight edge there. Like, like Crimson Cage literally is a is a retelling of Macbeth in the in the nineteen eighties indie you know wrestling scene. And again, there's great storytelling, but that is I think a little bit more familiar. This is more you know offbeat but the storytelling i think has a few more layers to it mm. so it, i guess it all depends on, on on what one is looking for if they want something that's a little familiar something that's a little bit more offbeat but they both have great wrestling action panels there's 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 blood and violence you know in both uh mm. there's depth of characters there's there's probably more depth of characters um in um do a power bomb hmm. but there's a lot more horror and sinister you know shit that happens in crimson cage so that's maybe where they delineate a little bit hmm. so it just depends on on what one is looking for uh i enjoyed the fuck out of them both right and they're both good for similar and different reasons you know it's one doesn't really have a slight edge to me i would just say read them both they're just yeah. that good there you go. Can't can't go wrong that way. Um, I, I that was the question that was like in my head most as, as you're going through all this, and more so than like you know, I always ask the, the the TV movie question, but th- like, and I assume this would be more like a movie because it's limited. Oh yeah, yeah, because this takes place over. It's you know, it's your classic, you know, you know, you know, you know, two hour movie where you get you know you can get some montages in there where you're going through the tournament a little bit and. Uh, you got some really great characters that you can highlight and show off. Yeah, 100. This would this would be a movie. Awesome, awesome. All right, sweet. 
Um, dual Powerbomb, Image Comics, good stuff, Joe. Uh, I, for me, this week, I'm going to be doing a big two book, which I feel like, did I just do a big two book? Did one of us just do a big two book? Maybe I'm making that up in my head. I can't remember what we just did for issue 73. It just came out last week. I was I, I had the episode pulled up just a second ago, too, and I stalled just enough to remember it was Absolution and Nemesis that we did last week. So, no, haven't done a big two book in a little bit. Um, yeah, because the episode before that, or the, the mainland episode before that was our Manga Madness, and that was back in December. So, Immortal X-Men. Now, I did read the first issue of this when it came out, but then fell behind. And, of course, Joe and I have talked about how with the X-Men stuff that's going on, it can be a little overwhelming to read some of that stuff because just there's so much going on. And Wolverine, while it does play into some of the other books um, in the larger Krakoa story, Benjamin Percy has done a good job, too, of making it where it's easier to you know enjoy that story and not get too caught up or too like lost where all this other Krakoa stuff is going on of course you know judgment day like he has to you know address that and whatnot immortal x-men is a lot more closely aligned with that stuff and i will tell you guys right now for this experience i wanted to not read judgment day while reading immortal x-men because i just went and binged all of it now that it's all done i do plan on reading judgment day i have said that but I wanted to know for our readers if you could still enjoy this title completely without reading Judgment Day. Now, if I hadn't, then that would have changed. That might have changed some things. But it was a successful experiment, and that is largely to do with Karen Gillan being the writer on this series. Of course, friend of the show we've had on twice to talk about Die from Image Comics, and then Once in Future from Boom Studios. Um, the, at the conclusion of both of those titles, which was a lot of fun. So some spoilery stuff in there if you finish those series. Uh, the artist, we had two artists on this, Lucas Wernick and Michelle Bandini. I think Michelle uh, came in for like three issues and Lucas did three. I mean, did seven, excuse me. Um, uh, colors, David Curiel and then letters, VCs, Clayton Cowles. Um, Ten issue series just wrapped up ahead of... The, uh, the first issue of the Mr. Sinister event, of course, the one issue for that we talked about earlier, Sins of Sinister. The first trade is available now, and that collects the first five issues of this series. I hit you with a synopsis show. The Quiet Council are the rulers of the Krakoan Age, for better or worse. But now, Shaken by Inferno, which was another uh, like a quick um, like event within that title, they strive to hold their nation together, no matter how much they want to tear each other apart. And, and Immortal X-Men brings you inside the room where it all happens. As Magneto leaves the council, his big shoes need to be filled. I'm not going to go. I don't want to go any further because I can start, you know, breaking things down and whatnot. I, I will say quickly for people who are wondering what's, what the heck's Inferno. If you read the introductory stuff to Krakoa and it was what powers of X or powers of 10 in House of, House of X and Powers of Ten, right? Bingo, yep. Wow, look at that. I got lucky for once. So you knew Moira's hand in all of it, and then an Inferno where nobody knew Moira was involved. And then that's where Inferno like exposes that, and it becomes a huge issue because of the nature of everything that goes on there. So this is in that aftermath. Magneto stepping down, like you said, Joe, first issue stuff, you're not spoiling things. They And I'm not going to go into who replaces Magneto in the Quiet Council. That is resolved in the first issue, but it's a little bit later on in the issue um, and maybe midway through, but either way, the quiet council members with Magneto stepping down are as follows. There are 11 members. You're waiting for the 12th professor, Xavier destiny, Emma Frost, Sebastian Shaw, Kitty pride, nightcrawler, storm, Colossus, Exodus, Mr. Sinister, 
and Mystique. Now, a lot of those names are familiar. I think Exodus is one maybe for the average person who isn't necessarily familiar. He's someone who's closely affiliated with Apocalypse. Um, he's been around a long ass time. And uh, like, like Nightcrawler, there's like religiousness to him as well, but more so in Mutantdom. Destiny might be another one, but again, if you've read um, you know, some of the some of the Krakoa stuff, you know Destiny is a huge player. Um, I think the the things that you need to know is that she can see the future, not necessarily the guaranteed future, but probable futures. Um, and then with Mystique, um, that that's her um her wife. I don't I don't know if they're technically married or not, but her lover. I mean, there you go, that covers it. Now, this is a 10 issue series. All but two of these characters get an issue where they narrate. So that's a lot for Karen Gillan to do. But as I said before, when I was touching on Sins of Sinister, that man knows how to write Mr. Sinister. It is unbelievable. Like he, 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 like, you know, like he is Nathaniel Essex. It is friggin' insane. And for me, like, that's one of the things that's been more mind blowing because I talked about, you know, how there's another Karen Gillan book that I'm reading that, you know, is quite a bit older that I want to talk about on the show because neither of us had read it and you were gracious enough to let me have it. I've had a greater appreciation. I got Kieran Gillen was outstanding and die and once a future. And he's done a lot of other awesome work too, but I just recently have gotten a greater appreciation for some of his like one bits of dialogue or narration um, that, that he writes. And it really comes to a head with, he, he does a great job with all the narration with all of these characters um, throughout the course of the series. But man, whether it's Sinister's dialogue or his, his internal or his narration in the first issue, cause he's the first one we meet. It's so good. He just understands like the buttons to push. And then he keeps just enough from the readers too, where like there's, we know there's a lot going on, but it's like, so, you know, there's a lot of twists and turns along the way. And this first issue opens up with destiny in the past and Mr. Sinister in the past. I forget the actual year. I should have jotted that down. But the big thing there that that's people need to hold on to is destiny saying destiny who can see the future saying to Mr. Sinister, we need to be on the same side. And and as you go along in things, especially like the, the last few issues, that really like you you look at it, you remember those words because they do come up you know throughout, and it's like, the fuck is she talking about? Like what what the hell is going on? Um, we get some interesting flashbacks to the past. Um the um the first issue is mainly devoted to finding Magneto's replacement. Um, and you know, look. There's um there's a lot going on with him. The end of like as much as Magneto's replacement is like a big deal, the the end of the first issue of of um Immortal X Men is like you know some big shits going on. Like like I said, Nathaniel Essex, Mister Sinister, whatever you want to call him, shows his hand to the readers, and like you know it's big. But you you really don't know how big it is. Like you you like I was blown away. By, by like in the, the 10th issue, it was just like, wait, what, what the fuck is <laughs> on, man? This is, it's, it's so good. And that's why like, go like read sins of sinister Joe, but don't read it till you've read immortal X-Men because you're going to have a much greater appreciation for that, uh, for the series when, as it gets going. Um, and man, like I said, like with that issue too, the end of the first issue of or the sins of sinister issue one is also another jaw dropper, especially when you know everything that's going on in, in that, that happened in immortal X-Men. Um, and again, you don't need to read judgment day to appreciate this. You like, they will talk about judgment day, but they make it clear what it is about. Yes. There are things that happen in the course of it all. Um, but they do a good enough job of like 
connecting the dots. Do I think it would probably be best to do it? Yeah, because there's certain things like you know, especially with um, what goes on with with Mister Sinister. Just seeing, just reading a moral expert. Like I know there's a lot with it, there's things with him in Judgment Day, um, but it's um, very like it, you can read this and not read that. And you will be fine. You will still be able to enjoy this and you will still be ready to go for Sins of Sinister. Makes me wish they just gave the reins to the main X-Men title to Kieran Gillen and let him write all of this as just like arcs mm-hmm. through the main main line. Because the I, I, I love X-Men. Mm-hmm. I've always loved X-Men. And but if you're not reading everything, it's like the main line X-Men is like it. it you find your time issue to issue like sure. not just like oh i need to go back and see what happened last issue it's like well a thousand things have happened between issues 17 and 18 mm-hmm. uh, that i'm not privy to because uh, I'm, I'm just not reading all the other titles so it's it's frustrating it's still telling like i can still understand where the story's going yeah um and i do plan on reading immortal x-men and i do want to read sins of sinister um yeah i I get i get like titles like marauders and stuff like that like you don't have to read those like i'm okay with those being sort of ancillary side stories you can read and 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 they're 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 doing their own thing but like didn't read the fucking judgment day uh you know uh event which again you know how i feel with events events should happen in a vacuum Mm. right um and they shouldn't impact what's going on unless, you know, and if they are, then like you need to just make that like the main you know, arc of yeah. whatever you're right. That's just, yeah. but I get it. It's to sell more books. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's right. frustrating, but I, but I hear you, but that, and that's where like we, we talked about it when we got death metal from Scott Schneider and Greg Capullo, where they kept it just to that. And, and of course it's like a much higher thing of what's going on, like in terms of the concept and everything, but with all the tie-ins that you had, you didn't need to read, like it would have enhanced your experience, but you didn't need to read those in order to appreciate that event. And, um, and again, like it's, it's similar thing here where like you can read judgment day and it's going to make you appreciate immortal X-Men more, but you are still going to enjoy this series. And part of it too is where, with Kieran, like I think we we touched on it a little bit with him when we had him on for Once in Future, where like this is like a, a political book, and yes, there's some action mixed in throughout all of this, but it's a lot of talking and a lot of internal like machinations, and then and then of course you know the narration is so important and all of it too. And we're getting the viewpoint of one character throughout each thing, and at first when like we went from Mister Sinister to I think. Uh, I want to say it's Destiny was the second issue, but I don't think I'm correct in saying that. Um, for the uh, for the, oh no, it was no, it was actually Magneto's replacement, who is the uh, second person we hear from from narration. I was like, ah, you know, I really wish it was just Sinister because Karen did such a good job, but it makes it so much better with the way things end up because so much would have been given away throughout the course of it. But it's re- it's it is like a political book like political machinations and it's really interesting. I really like that. And I would, yeah, and I, I would love to see more of that from, from Gillen. Um, that I think that could be really cool. I don't know where else he yesterday could do that, but, um, but yeah. And then we talk about, and can in the reins to him, you know, when, as we, we, we already know, like Krakoa is starting to deteriorate because we're hearing all the, the announcements from Marvel. I wouldn't mind seeing him, you know, if he's up for it, like be like the next puppet master and all this and give him a book like, 
Immortal X-Men if you can do another one like that because it, that would just make a lot of sense. So this like it, and again, if you just appreciate appreciate like good writing, like not we're not talking about plotting, I'm talking about like good one liners, liners and and, and whatnot. Uh, like th that's on full display throughout the course of this. Kieran Gillen does an outstanding job, and and I and I barely touched on the art too, but between Wernick and and Bandini, awesome stuff. Some some really cool, um, just like you know, posing throughout all of it. Because again, there's action, but not quite as much as you might expect from like a from a superhero book. Um, but their action is great too. And then you know, you do I think notice when it goes from one person to the other, but also we're dealing with different narration, so it's not an issue, and it's not that far of a jump where it's like, what do we like? Who what happened here? So Immortal X Men, awesome stuff. Really, really made me fall in love with Mister Sinister as a character, like to the point that like I'm like looking up figures to get wow look at that we have uh hey. looks, like, looks like we have a guest joining the show i say something uh, no okay wow no bluey talk okay well i think now is a good time as any to wrap to wrap things up joseph uh um, yeah if I <laughs> well keep your peepers popped for next week um but until next week joe stay sexy no it i like nick's just like i'm out all right we're yeah. done